everyone. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we're chatting with Josephine Atlery, a mindfulness coach and author of the new book, Mindfulness Journal for Parents. Josephine is an expert in meditation and mindfulness, helping thousands of people overcome adversity to find joy. Her personal experience creating her modern-day family of seven children via in vitro fertilization, international adoption, and surrogacy inspires her work as a highly sought-after fertility and parenting mindfulness coach. Today, we'll be chatting with Josephine about becoming more mindful in motherhood, along with tips and exercises to stay present. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bento. I discovered Bento recently when I was looking for a personalized supplement option. And when I was signing up, I loved how easy it was to create an on-demand personalized supplement plan that is tailored to me and my specific health needs. With Bento, you simply take a quick quiz on their website and a personalized supplement plan is created for you. After you sign up for a subscription, you will receive monthly kits straight to your door, making it easy to stick to your routine. You also have free one-on-one access to a team of licensed women's health providers with your subscription, which I think is so nice, especially when you have questions starting out about your health. Bento makes it easy to change up your vitamin routine whenever you want. If your energy has been low, the next month you could add B12. Or if you become pregnant, you can switch to Bento's prenatal track. Or even after baby, you can switch your vitamins for postpartum support. Everything is tailored to your specific unique needs at any given month for a healthier you. So try Bento, take their quiz, and get your personalized results by visiting mybento.com today. You can also learn more about them and their products on social media at mybinto on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Binto. Now let's welcome Josephine. Hi, Josephine. We're so happy to have you on our podcast, Chick Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Josephine, with every episode, we really like to learn more about our guests. So we want to know what inspired your journey with meditation and mindfulness? Yeah, that's a great question. And back when I only had three kids, I was only home. That's just, (laughs) you know, not enough. (laughs) I was staying home with them. And then I decided to head back into the workforce. And I was consulting for a health and wellness company. And so for myself, because of where I was working, my my fitness and my nutrition, they were on point. But I was still, I felt like there's a piece of me missing that I wasn't addressing. And when I looked at my life, what I realized was missing was this mental and emotional well-being aspect to things so that I could have this total wellness package. And with the stress of trying to figure out how to navigate sort of this new situation of being a working mom, I was told by a dear friend of mine to give meditation a try. And like what I hear from many clients is that I told her, there's no way I can do this. I'm constantly have thoughts running through my head. I'm surrounded in post-it notes. And so this is just is not going to work for me. But, you know, she was insistent and I'm so thankful for it because lo and behold, I tried out an app. There's so many out there and I gave it a shot and it, it worked wonders. And it was amazing to finally have this moment where I could just focus on myself and focus on my mental wellness. And 
that's how it all started. And then I just became hooked and I always try to level things up. And that's how I transitioned from just doing it as a novice into finally becoming trained as a teacher and sharing it with the rest of the world. Ah. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh. And now for our, our, our listeners, they're going to be like, wait, she only had three. So now how many children does she have? So now I am a mom of seven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are like a rock star. So y'all, if she's all into mindfulness and is able to keep it together with seven kids, like we need to like also drink the Kool-Aid and learn more about all of this. This is so <laughs> cool. So, so yeah, what, I mean, with doing all of that, what really motivated you to specialize in specifically parenting mindfulness? Yes. So as a working mom of seven, I know firsthand the struggles of trying to stay present with my kids, but also while I'm working or even when I was staying home with the kids. And that is, it's so challenging. And it's something that I hear often. And when people hear that, oh, you have this many kids and you're a mindfulness teacher, tell me what is the secret sauce I need to know. I need to be able yeah. to add this into my own life. And so that's when I realized that we can infuse so many parts of mindfulness into our day as parents. And in doing so, it changes your perspective. It gives you a way to look at life through a lens of gratitude and appreciation versus always feeling like you're less than as a parent, that you are just running on empty, that you're never catching up. And so it helps you to be fulfilled and present. And really it comes down to how that happens is because mindfulness is essentially awareness. It's an awareness of yourself, but also of your environment and your relationship to others. And so when you have that as your underlying framework for everything that you do in life, it allows you to then look at life in a different way and then approach life as a parent in a completely different way. Oh. Yes. And I, I love that. As you just said, Josephine, like as a mother of seven, you certainly have your firsthand experience in the day-to-day -day struggles of motherhood. How could you not? So I, I want to dive in a little bit deeper into what you're talking about. How do you personally use mindfulness in your everyday life? It changes and it's very fluid. And I'm always trying to experiment because I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes of you know, my community and my clients. And so there are so many things that I use, but one of them is to use mindfulness as a stress management tool. And what I mean by that is there are many different things that you can do, such as meditate, which I do, but you can also use breathing techniques, which are mindfulness strategies. So for example, when you feel yourself getting stressed out, I just pull out one of the very many breathing techniques that are available to me to help me move from a state of stress and into a state of calm. And so that is something that I don't have to like go into another room or go to another place to find and connect to this calm so that I can respond to life in, in a more mindful way. It's something that I can do right there. I can do it when I'm driving when I'm doing carpool, when I'm cooking dinner and I'm getting distracted by the kids. Yeah. Because I was going to say, when do we ever have the luxury to really be like, hey, kid, I'm going to step aside and do some <laughs> mindfulness. So that's really helpful to have that tool to, to be able to do that, like you said, wherever you are with kids even right there with you. Yes. And so, you know, I try to approach meditation and mindfulness in a really accessible way because you know, parents are busy. I'm completely, 
understanding of the fact that our time is so limited and so valuable, and yet we still need to care for ourselves. So another thing that I like to use every day personally would be gratitude and appreciating life. So that's something as simple as either writing it down or leaving myself a voice memo or emailing myself or even journaling it, like three things that I'm grateful for. And I started doing that way back when with my with my older kids. And I do it now with my five-year-old twin boys. And it's something as simple as just let me know about something that you were grateful for today. It pivots your perspective on life. So even if you were having a terrible day, there's always one thing that you can pull out. And even if it's something as simple as, well, I woke up this morning, so I'm grateful for that. And it shifts your mindset and it infuses it with some positivity. And that gives you a whole different perspective on your day. And that allows you to be more aware of what's happening in your day and then be more appreciative of it. I want to interrupt you on that, Josephine. So like I will say that I started doing like a gratitude listing like three to five things I was grateful for each day. And I love how you're saying that it like changes our our thought process into a more positive one. So I would do it at night when I would like journal, you know, what happened throughout my day. And like, and this was <laughs> when I only had one child. Now I only have two. I am not an overachiever like you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. So, oh my gosh, it's, I'm so grateful to be talking to you and learn from you when it comes to all of this. But when I was writing it at the end of the day, sometimes I wouldn't even just writing it down. Do I need to like breathe on that or meditate on those positive things to really allow the positivity to take over? Because sometimes I knew it was just so like passe, like, oh, I'm grateful for buttons because this, you know, whatever. So what is your thought on that? Yeah, no, I love this question. And you can take it two ways. So one way is if you have the moment to extend it out, then definitely go for it. Taking a breath right before you do it, trying to set it up intentionally so that you can receive the maximum benefits from it would be ideal. So if you can, take a deep breath before you do it and then reflect on each one or even write a little bit more about it or even just think about the gratitude that you wrote about. That is super helpful. And if you can't, then the simple act of just sitting down and pausing in your day and acknowledging it still does something to your brain. It still infuses it with appreciation and allows you to pivot from into a state of positivity and appreciation. So you do what you can with what you're able to do. But if you can even just think on three things at the beginning or at the end of your day, or even as a stress management tool. Like I also like to use it when I'm getting really stressed out, for example, like stuck in LA traffic, which is nuts. And I'll just, you know, I'm stuck there. So I'll think, okay, I feel myself getting triggered. Let me think about things that I'm appreciative of from today. And it switches my frame of thought. And so to answer your question, it can be done both ways. You still receive benefits from both. I love that. Yeah. And then the last thing that I personally use, or I mean, there are many, but one thing that I definitely did want to point out was how I use mindfulness to audit sort of my life and the systems that I use to run the household. And that way I can optimize it. So for example, I just wrote a post on Instagram about time affluence and how people are always feeling that they're time poor. And instead, if we can think about moments in our day when we actually have moments in our day, then we feel 
happier and less stress because now we feel like, oh, well, we have the time to sit with our kid and talk to them or read them a book for five minutes, or we have the time to sit aside five minutes to do our gratitude practice. So that, again, all leads back to this idea of being aware of yourself and your life and being mindful of it so that it really, if you dive deep into it and just continue to look at every part of your life through this lens of mindfulness, you'll see how it affects everything and can really optimize everything in your life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because yeah, as we know, parenting is chaotic. It can be wild. And I want to know from you, Josephine, like, why is it important for us parents to strengthen our awareness and become more mindful and present? And what are the what are the benefits to doing that? Yes, parenting is so chaotic. I like to, I always joke that I'm the calm, the eye of the storm, that calm center and surrounds me constantly is all this chaos. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel like that's what a lot of moms are for their families, right? And so with the benefit of awareness, what I've seen personally in my own life and with my clients are you get stronger relationships because you have better communication because you're now being mindful of your interactions with other people. And you definitely have less stress because you're using, you're aware of when you're feeling certain ways, when you're feeling triggered, when you're feeling overwhelmed, and then you can act upon that in a more mindful way versus just going back to old patterns that might not be effective or helpful to you. And in doing so in like, having these stronger relationships and less stress, you are more happy and you feel more fulfilled in your life. And those are the benefits of infusing mindfulness and awareness into your everyday life. And, you know, going back to that idea of relationships, when you're able to communicate and listen better and be more empathetic with your spouse and your kids, it naturally creates better interactions with them because now you're not just approaching it from sort of just your mindset and sort of what you feel like the situation dictates. And now you're able to actually see other perspectives and you're able to work together that way. And that's because you're being aware in that moment versus being clouded by all of your expectations of the situation, all of your preconceived notions of it. And so that just opens up the playing field. And then mindfulness also helps us in that it gives us a moment to to pause and to witness how we're living. I feel like as parents, you know, we're constantly spinning our wheels. We're constantly sort of trying to catch up on things, but, and it can feel hard to take a break in your day and to pause, but really it's just a moment where you take a breather. And in doing so, you can really just, take stock of everything that's happening so that you can come up with a more positive solution. And so those for me are the main benefits of using awareness and mindfulness as a parent. Uh, Well, what mother or parent doesn't want that? (laughs) Everything that you just sound sounds lovely. I think we all, especially in the heat of moments when there's just too much chaos, it's we can lose it. And to have those tools to be able to remain calm and like you said, have more meaningful and just happier experiences. I mean, what parent doesn't want that? So I, that's amazing. 
And so, Josephine, during these chaotic moments, can you give us like some simple ways that we as mothers can be more mindful in our parenting journey? I know that you listed a couple, like the gratitude journal and the breathing. I love that. But if you can go into more detail, maybe on the breathing or other examples, especially to help us stay calm and work through that stress. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you an example of a breathing strategy that's very simple to remember. You can do an inhale where you count for four seconds and then you exhale for double that amount. So for eight seconds. And the benefit of doing a breathing technique is twofold. One, because you're keeping count of the breath, you're not really able to fixate and ruminate over other things that were bothering you anything on your to-do list, any negative interactions that you may have just had previously, really you're just counting. And hopefully you're also starting to witness how that breath is moving in and out of your body. And like I said, with that, you can take it anywhere. And the other benefit of what's happening as you're doing this breathing technique, I briefly mentioned before, is that it's transitioning you from a state of stress and overwhelm into a state of calm. Often when we get overwhelmed, we have a tendency to hold our breath or even have our breath be shallow. We're not taking these longer, deeper breaths. And that sends a signal to our brain that we're in a state of overwhelm, we're stressed out, we're experiencing a fight or flight state. And all of a sudden, we're all keyed up. And we're feeling really, we're trying to survive the situation, whether or not it's life or death, that's what our bodies are starting to think. And so when you manually manipulate your breath, when you're slowing it down, it's sending a signal to your brain that, oh, well, wait a second, maybe she's not in this life or death situation. And maybe instead she's safe. And so it starts to like all these systems in your body that were turned off, they start to turn back on again, like your digestive system, your immune system. And and then you're moving and you start to feel it. You start to feel that you're calmer, like your heart isn't racing anymore. You're not sweating anymore. You, so also you feel physical symptoms of being able to move yourself into a state of calm. So, you know, that is my number one go-to for parents to utilize because as we talked about before, it's so accessible and it's with you wherever you are. And it's so powerful. We take our breath for granted, but it really has the ability to change the situation for us. And with that in mind, like one other thing that you can think of is this idea of of the word stop. Okay. So you just stop what you're doing. Let's say you're in, your child is throwing a tantrum and you can feel yourself just about to melt down as well. So in that situation, just reminding yourself to stop. So stop, take a breath. That's what the T stands for. Observe what's happening in yourself and in your child and then proceeding. Oh, that is so good. I love that. It's easy to remember and so helpful. And because it's exactly what you're doing, you're telling yourself to stop in this moment. Stop whatever you're about to do, whether you're about to lose it and demand that your child goes on like that they're grounded or whatever it is that you're about to do. Just stop. Take a moment for yourself. And so that way you can recognize what's happening. Oftentimes we run on autopilot and we resort to these negative habits or patterns that may not benefit us and may not benefit the other person in the situation. So from this point of awareness, because you've stopped, you've taken a breath, you've moved yourself into a state of calm, then you have this clarity 
of what's really happening in the situation. And you have the agency to, to decide your next steps in a more mindful way. So that way you're responding and not just reacting to life all the time. Oh, that is awesome. I am definitely going to be using that <laughs> for myself. This is just gold. I love it. So our, and I, I think that most parents, we have in good intentions to do that. But Josephine, is there a role or roles that our spouses and children can play in a mother's journey to become more mindful and present? Yes. Now that's a great question. And you're part of a team. So whether or not your spouse is into, into this quest for mindfulness that you're trying to go into, they can still be a part of, of that change and it benefits everyone. So for example, with your spouse, they can be supportive of this idea of, of what you're trying to do and be understanding of it. And then taking that extra step of using teamwork so that you can have the time to pause and use these mindfulness strategies like meditation or taking a walk or journaling or doing a gratitude practice, whatever it is, if you have someone in your life that can take charge where you can tag out. That's what my husband and I like to use. I'm tagging out. I have just reached my <laughs> limit. I'm getting out of here. And that is super helpful. And they don't need to buy into the process. But over time, like with my own husband, they'll start to see and witness the positive changes, not only in you, but how that trickles down to everyone else in the family. And that's super powerful and makes it now, my husband, when he sees me sort of spinning my wheels, he'll say, I think it's time for you to like tag out of here and go do that stuff that you do. <laughs> and sometimes even as a mindfulness teacher, sometimes I even just I keep trying to push it just a little bit more like I can get just a little bit extra done, even though I'm sort of like spent already. But part of that whole teamwork idea is just being mindful of one another and being aware and not feeling guilty about it. So the partner totally plays a big role in all of this. Sure. And then in terms of your children, the beauty is that they're your living, breathing challenges. They are there for you <laughs> that as your guinea pigs. <laughs> they are your way to practice being mindful. So that's how I reframe them. Sometimes when I'm really getting frustrated with them, I'll just think of it as, you know what, this is a chance for me to practice and see if all of these techniques that I keep talking about and writing about are actually going to work. And lo and behold, they do. <laughs> the beauty is that you can also practice with them. And that reinforces, they say, when you teach something, you learn it more, right? And it stays with you longer and it becomes embedded in you. And that's what happens when you're teaching your own children. You're reinforcing that to them. And you're also being a model to them because you're bringing this to them. You're showing them that there are different ways to approach life, approach challenges, and different ways to live life in a slower way, in a more conscious way. So your whole entire family can be a part of this, whether or not they realize it, but they definitely will all feel the benefits of it. It makes sense to me that the spouse is such a huge part on like encouraging 
I would say the mother, but the other parent to continue with their mindfulness. But I didn't even think about children, but you're so right. And what an incredible gift to teach our children at a young age of how to handle stress in a healthier way. And I totally agree. When you teach it, it does stay with you longer and you understand it more and and you're able to practice it better. And I, I love that. I've noticed that whenever my son is having a fit or whatever. He's a toddler. It happens. I've said, Hey, do you want me to help you calm down? And he says, yes. And he'll come to me and he'll cuddle with me or sit on my lap and I hold him. And we just, I say, okay, big, deep breath in big, deep and, and exhale. He's immediately learned that that helps him calm down. And we are able to get out of that funk a lot faster than just like, go to timeout. You need to shake this off or whatever. I love that. I've noticed that I'm just doing that already naturally, but I love that there's even more steps and more tools that I can do to help benefit not only my child, but myself. So that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now uh, with my five-year-old, we were doing Legos the other day and, you know, it's frustrating when you you need to move a piece and he was getting really frustrated. And what I saw him do on his own, I didn't even have to prompt him. I saw him take a huge deep breath and a couple of them as he was trying to figure it out. And I commented on it. And inside I was like doing somersaults because I was like, (laughs) yes, it's working. And he's utilizing it on his own. How impact, like how enriching as a parent to see that, to see like, oh my gosh, he's learned this and he's practicing this and how how beneficial that is for him in life because life is going to be stressful. Life will always throw us curveballs, but it's how we handle it is I think the key. And to be able to teach our children to handle it in a healthy, productive way is so important. So I just, I love all of this. This is so amazing. It definitely warms your heart when you see that you weren't talking to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh. So Josephine, what example for moms out there who are like, okay, I get this, but what example does being a more mindful mother set for our children? I think we've talked about this a little bit, but why is that important to set this example for our children? Yeah, it is. And, you know, it shows them, as I mentioned before, how we respond to challenges in our lives. They're always watching us, whether we realize it or not. They may be in the other, like, in the same room doing something like their Legos or whatever, their homework, but they're constantly seeing how we're responding to challenges, whether they're five years old or like my eldest is 15, they are constantly watching me. And so it shows them different ways and they take their cues from us. And as they get older, they start to take it from their friends. So if they can, in their earlier years, see and take cues from us, all the better it becomes more embedded in their minds as they progress in age. And then it also... When we do things like, say, we tag out with our partner and we do something like a meditation or if they see us doing it, then it shows them that we prioritize our well-being. And oftentimes as parents, you know, we're trying in our minds, we're trying to do the best things for them. So we're constantly running ourselves ragged, trying to get those cupcakes for that party or trying to do this for this event or trying to get them the best, make them the prettiest lunches for school. And when you stop and do something for yourself, it shows them that, you know what, I'm important too. And how I feel and how I care for myself is also important because that's what I see my parent doing. And it gives them a model for how to slow down and appreciate things. So for example, if you're doing the gratitude practice with them, 
Like that's what I would do when I put the kids to bed. That just shows them that that is something that your family values, that that's something that is something that we talk about in the house because it's important. It shows them just like how to to talk about these things and also how to navigate life in a more present and a more appreciative way. Ah, absolutely. And I want to go back to what you said in the beginning of our conversation. And I said, oh, it can be so difficult to really like step aside from our children and and take that moment for ourselves. But I have, we've heard you say, you know, it is important to give yourself a break. Can you elaborate on this for us, Josephine? Yeah, yeah. We're always on the go, right? We're always giving to others, especially I feel like the expectation that we step into when we we become a parent is that we are the ones who are just constantly giving, 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 right? And, And that depletes you. You reach a point where you're giving from nothing, really. And that doesn't go unnoticed. It definitely does by your children, by other people. And so giving yourself a break is like giving yourself a time in. So instead of taking that time out for the kids, you're taking a time in. And what's happening is you're looking within to find that calm that you have inside, which is activated through a slower breath. But then it gives you that time to pause and take stock of what it is you're feeling in that moment, physically, mentally, emotionally. And from there, you're able to respond and figure out what exactly you need to do in that moment to care for yourself. So if you're just on the go and you don't really take a moment to witness how you're feeling, well, how will you know that you may be avoiding something or you may be feeling like tension in your back because you're just so used to going through life and just not tuning in? It gets blurred. This connection to ourselves, it gets blurred. And so when you give yourself that break, it sort of opens up, like opens up the sky and gives you this newfound clarity about yourself. And when you're able to do that, then you're able to appropriately take care of yourself in the ways that you need. Uh, Because if you weren't, then you wouldn't know that, okay, you know what I need is really I need to take some deep breaths here. Or what I really need is to go for a walk because like my body feels wonky or different things like that. Um, And so that's why it's really important to give yourself a break. And I know that it can feel difficult. It's one thing to say, go and give yourself a break, mom. But it's a whole other thing for us to actually apply it in our busy lives. And and that's where you have to also infuse it with some realism by actually pulling out a calendar maybe and figuring out when you can do this. And so that way it doesn't, you don't leave it to chance. You don't leave it to when you think you can fit it in. It's actually, if you take that extra step of throwing it in your calendar or you know your Google calendar or on your phone or if it's on a family calendar, whatever it is, you actually putting it down makes that step and makes that commitment that you're going to do it and it holds you accountable to yourself. But if, you know, if other people are looking at this calendar, it holds them accountable and gets, shows them that, you know what, mom is busy for those five minutes and she's doing whatever she's doing. And that allows you to, to stay on track with giving yourself a break because the reality is we get so busy that things fall to the wayside or it gets put on the back burner because we don't prioritize it. But if we can take that little step, it does show that we prioritize our well-being. It's so true. And I've noticed that just with the families that I've worked with, when moms make the time 
to give back to themselves, to have just a moment to, to breathe or, you know, do some self-care, they are better able to love on their children and have that patience. And so when you take care of yourself, you're able to better care for your loved ones around you. So I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, that's fantastic. So Josephine, what are the most important mindfulness habits and routines that mothers can apply to their day-to-day parenting? I know that we've covered a bunch, but is there anything else that you really feel is the most important habits? We definitely did. We talked about breathing it out, practicing gratitude. We just talked about, you know, scheduling in your calendar. So you make sure to get those five minutes a day for yourself. And then Another thing that you can do is to come up with a mantra or an affirmation, which is an I statement that you can use to remind yourself that you're amazing and that you can handle all of these things that are coming your way. You know, it's really just, it's a lot of self-talk with mindfulness, I feel like. And it's just something that imagine you have your best friend who is rooting you on, but you don't have time to like, Perhaps you don't have time to text her or give her a ring. And so really, this is like that friendly voice in your head where you're reminding yourself that I can do this. And so it can be something like, I am, I am amazing. I can do this. I am worthy of self-care. I am worthy of rest or anything like that. They're like, I am statements. A lot of times I feel that people they'll tell me that they don't buy it, like whatever they're saying to themselves that they may not really believe. And I've heard that before. And in fact, when I was going through my own therapy, I used affirmations that I didn't believe. But lo and behold, over time, they start to work on you because you're constantly feeding it into your mind. So if you think about it, you can feed your mind these negativities of, you know, we all have our inner critic and you can think about things like, you know, you pass a mirror and you think, oh gosh, I don't look good today. So that's your inner critic. Or you can pass that mirror and instead feed your mind something positive, like my body does amazing things or that outfit looks great on me, just something. And it just creates this new neural pathway in your brain so that you can access positivity easier. And it allows your mind to hear something different from what you might normally feed it. And so that's, you know, that's another thing that is simple to do. It doesn't require you to take a bunch of time out of your day. It doesn't require you to go anywhere. You're simply doing it as you go throughout your day. And then in terms of doing like a bigger mindfulness strategy or a meditation or a self-care regimen, putting it on that calendar is great. If you can attach it to something that you already do on a regular basis, that gives you even more chance for success. So for example, if like every night, you know, you brush your teeth. So why not just, you know, if you've been having problems trying to stick to that gratitude practice, why not tie those two together? So that way you ensure that you're going to do it because as you start to do it, as you start to your, you know, your routine of brushing your teeth at night, now you're pairing it with gratitude. And so that doesn't fall by the wayside. That begins to start happening because it's something you're already doing. You know, you've already tied it to something you're doing. So, and then the last thing that I think is really important for mothers to apply to their day-to-day parenting is just to reframe how you look at rest. And I briefly touched upon it, but it's beneficial. And if we look at it from that perspective, like you mentioned before, that you're able to like appreciate life, you 
don't think about it as a waste of time and you don't think about it as something selfish that you're doing. You know, I hear that a lot from moms. Like, I feel bad. I myself, I feel bad that I'm taking out an hour out of my day to go exercise or I feel bad about this. But if you can just do that simple thing of reframing how you look at it and instead think to yourself, well, I am taking that hour out of my day to exercise. It will give me more energy to take care of my kids. It will make me more healthy so I can be present for them and able to do all these things for them. So some simple things like that can really make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. That mind shift is so powerful. I totally agree. And something that kind of sparks something in my brain, we're just in this tech world. Like we're just all run by (laughs) computers and screens and just all the things. We are living in a world just driven by technology. Do you have any tips for disconnecting? Because I feel like that can be a hard thing to do when we want to take that moment to just breathe. Then we find ourselves picking up our phone and scrolling through social media. Do you have any tips for disconnecting and, and why is it important to do so? I love this question because, and as you're asking, I was laughing to myself because one of the things that I often say is that I want to take my phone and I just want to throw it against a wall (laughs) and see it shatter everywhere. It would just make me feel so good. (laughs) Realistically, that would be expensive and then you'd have to clean it up. So it wouldn't be great. (laughs) So, you know, it's important to do it because it goes back to that idea of blurring that connection to ourselves and losing touch with ourselves because we're constantly inundated with all of these external things. And it doesn't allow for us to reconnect to the internal stuff. So if you can just do a couple of things, like going back to that idea that I just touched upon about doing tiny things can make a huge difference. Well, the same goes for this. If you're able to check your phone at the door. So you walk into a room and you want to be able to give yourself some time. You just leave it at a certain spot and you can even set a timer on the phone if you wanted to. You have it on silent or whatever it is and then set the timer for X amount of time where you'll be away from it and you're able to do something else. Then it will ring and then you you know you can go back to it. So that's something. It you know it takes practice and it takes self-control, but it's also a way for you to practice because you're going to be having to do that with your children as they get up in age and that's what I have to do with my own children. So I need to model that I'm able to do that as well and just also practice and see like when I'm imposing these sort of rules on them about their their media, I need to see if these are actually things that can work. So I'm constantly experimenting. And so I feel like that works for me and my kids. And another thing is to mute notifications. I think that for me has always been, that's what makes me want to throw my phone against the wall is that I have all these notifications <laughs> for different apps that I don't even realize. It's not even just texts, which are insane because now three of my older kids have phones because they're at that teen age. And so I'm getting texts from them. And like they do that thing where it's just like one line each drives me nuts. And so anyway, if I turn off not- simple notifications, it removes that trigger because we all have that that response to a cue. And so that cue here is that notification and it gives you a feeling of happiness when you have something that pops up. And so you want to go and check it and then it just feeds on itself. So if you're able to silence it as well, that's another thing. If you're trying to work or be present with your child, tying it to the fact that, okay, well, this amount of time when I'm going to be working 
at home. I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm constantly trying to think of different ways to be mindful and to optimize my time. And so if I block off some time for work or block off some time to play with my children, then that automatically is time that is away from my phone. And so I can set that timer if I need to, or if you don't, then that's fine. But it's just associating the two, much like associating, like uh, pairing those habits. So that's another system that can help you out is that you just already know that, okay, well, when it's dinner time, we don't have our, our devices with us, or we don't have the television on, or like when I'm driving, you know, that's important one, or like when I'm playing with my kids. So it's little simple things that you tell yourself and little tiny things that you do that, again, make a huge difference when you're trying to be present and you're trying to be aware and trying to cut out all that noise that we have in life. Those are really helpful tools. I totally agree. And we already practice the like no phones at the dinner table and also like removing like television from bedrooms and things like that can be helpful too. But these are great tips, Josephine. And for our listeners who are like, okay, this sounds interesting. I definitely want to be more present and calm and all of these things that we've been talking about. I have your book in front of me, so I definitely want you to share about your book. And I want you to also tell us, like, are there any resources that you recommend that our listeners look into if they are interested in learning more about mindfulness and parenting? Like you mentioned, my book is called The Mindfulness Journal for Parents. What I created was another resource for you to look at is if you go to mindfulparentclass.com, I created an online companion course for the book because if you're new to mindfulness and meditation then it can feel really daunting and overwhelming to try to even incorporate this into your life. And so what I did is created a bunch of videos that pair with many of the exercises in the book so that it's almost like I'm walking you through it. And you have sort of a support system and someone to cheer you on and so that it's it's just one less hurdle to get over trying to do something. And, you know, it's all Mm -hmm. about these little things that obstacles that are in our way that we need to clear in order to finally do something, right? I encourage you to look at that. You can do sort of like a combo of both the book and the course. And then I'm always posting on social media at Josephine R. at Lurie various tips on how to be more mindful as a person, as a parent in everyday life. And so I'd love for you to check that out. Awesome. Yeah, guys, like I said, I have her book in front of me and I liked it so much that I actually gifted it to a new mom friend of mine. But just I want to touch on like some of the different categories or different um, chapters, regaining your focus, giving yourself a break, managing stress and anxiety, staying cool when emotions run hot. I mean, what parent doesn't need that? Communicating mindfully, consciously connecting and cultivating gratitude, joy and peace. So I just think it's a great resource because I feel like we all, like I said earlier, we all have the best intentions of like, okay, I want to, I want to be more mindful. I'm going to do some breath work and all of that, but some people just don't know where to start. So this is really helpful for parents to be able to know like, okay, I can start with this. And this is a great way for me to, to begin this practice and, and get stronger because I really feel like it's almost like a muscle that you can strengthen. The more you do it, the easier it'll be for you to do. Right. Yes, absolutely. I love that you brought that image up because it is. That's what we're doing. It's just like anything else. If you're learning a new instrument or a new language, it just takes practice. You only need five minutes a day or not even. You can do it, like I said, on the fly in the heat of the moment. And it is so beneficial for you. And just a note on the book, you can go onto any page you want to and and do it that way. But 
the way I structured it is that the first few chapters are all about just you as an individual, because before we became parents, we were people too. And it shows us how to be mindful just as ourselves and how to care for ourselves and prioritize self-care. And then it moves into how to manage sort of the stress that comes from parenthood and a few things where you can actually participate in mindfulness activities with your kiddos. That's so awesome. I love it. Yes. And and that's, I think, really important for parents to remember, like, yes, you were you were someone before you were mom and, and that person is still there. So let's recognize that person. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. And Josephine, now I, you've answered all of my questions. This has been awesome. Any final thoughts or advice that you have for our listeners? Yes. So in anything that you do, I just want you to remember to give yourself some grace. We go in with the best of intentions. We want to do right by our kids, by ourselves, by our partners. And we'll walk into these new experiences with all these expectations of what we want and what we hope to get from it. And then when it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen the way we think, we can resort back to that negative thought pattern and it can deter us from continuing on. So like with anything in life, if you can just add a little bit of grace and self-compassion to yourself, it goes a long way. It helps you to try again. It helps you to reframe what you're doing and perhaps just approach it with more openness and more possibility and more flexibility. And so that way you'll keep trying, you'll keep going back to it. And you may surprise yourself by just by giving yourself that extra love is that you're able to do that for other people. You're able to teach it to your kids and it just opens up the world for you. Amazing. Oh, Josephine. Okay. So where can our listeners find you? You already told us a little bit on Instagram, but please repeat and anywhere else they can find you. Yeah. So on Instagram, it was Josephine R at Lurie and you can go to my website, jayatlurie.com. I have a ton of articles that I've written on parenting. Also, if you're trying to conceive, mindfulness associated to both of those things. And I also have videos that you can follow on YouTube. Just look up Josephine at Lurie Meditation. And then I also have a podcast called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood, which you can also find on my website. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Josephine, this was so interesting. Thank you again for sharing your knowledge with us. I just look forward to implementing a lot of these mindfulness tips in my day-to-day life with my family. So I'm sure our, our listeners feel the same way. Well, it was such a pleasure. I always love talking about this stuff and hopefully you can find one thing in this conversation that will really help you out. It'd be amazing. Absolutely. I totally believe that that's, there was so many wonderful wisdom, like nuggets of wisdom that you threw in here. So I I truly believe that everyone will be able to take at least one thing from this episode. So this was awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Of course. And for our listeners out there to learn more and follow Josephine, as she said, visit her online at jatlery.com and on Instagram at Josephine R. Atlery. And for our team, we'll be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'd love it if you'd leave us an honest review. Cheers to a more mindful motherhood.